0: Chapter 7. Shooting. Day 2.
1: You know why girls don't like guys who play in bands? Because you spend all your time with a bunch of other dudes in small rehearsal spaces, and you smell. we all bad.
0: Uncontrollably, I woke up at 6 a.m. to continue, and finished syncing all audio before 8 a.m. With all the technical hurdles, this was affirming. We really had captured all the audio and video we thought, successfully. Seems like a little thing, but watching it all synced up and safe at home lent some security. We were due to get to Mike Brunetto's house at 10 a.m. the next morning. When I got out of the shower, Kyle was on the couch and trying to firm up his rig, but decided he would have to visit Home Depot after the day's shoot, which would work since we were scheduled to wrap at 2 p.m. We had to shoot the birthday party by noon, then a small scene with Mark teaching his nephew guitar, and then a scene with just Mark, his brother, and his sister-in-law. Late the previous night, I had reconfirmed the time and address with all the parents, but I was getting a lot of, sorry, we can't make it tomorrow, good luck with the film, type emails. Still, Nina had all the props as well as snacks for the kids, sorted by allergy type. She asked me, months in advance, to collect information about which kids have allergies. Why does that matter? I asked. Because we're going to have a cake there? That's for the movie, though, not for eating. You're going to tell a group of kids they can't eat the cake when we're done shooting? It's this kind of thing I don't think about. And sure enough, there were a number of allergies in the mix, including tree nut allergy. I don't even know what that is. Before we left for the chaos, Kyle, JR, and I recorded the first production podcast of the shoot, in which we took 20 minutes to an hour to discuss the previous day's experience. We kept those up all nine days. Some were a joy, and others, as we'll see, boiled over. John Hunt, Nina, and I arrived a minute or two late, but by that point, a group of cars were already parked at this house, which I had never been to, and I had only ever emailed with Mike Brunetto. His house was wide open, with parents and kids going in and out, and neither myself or Jeff there to justify it. To my pleasant surprise, Mike Brunetto was chatting it up with the parents, letting the kids play with his dog, and offering people drinks. The scene called for Mark's brother to be grilling, so the grill was out and a big case of Sam Adams was ready to be consumed. I quickly found out that Mike Brunetto worked for Sam Adams. The liability of a kid falling or getting hurt on the Brunetto's property was pretty decent, but instead of focusing on that, he just seemed thrilled to be involved in something dynamic and creative. He was truly a stand-up guy. And aside from Jeff Torelli.
1: Mike and I were in a band together for years and toured in a small van with six other guys and only three actual seats, one blisteringly hot summer for about a month or so. You bond with people in that kind of situation, whether you like it or not. Seeing him again was just like no time had passed, and he was so good to this production that I can't thank him enough. My house? Sure. Tons of rugrats running around? No worries. Interiors? Go for it. Amazing. The birthday party scene was one of my favorite moments in the entire shoot. I have no idea how it happened, but when I got there and went out back, it looked almost exactly like I had imagined it when I wrote it. It was completely surreal. For a moment, I felt like I had walked into my own head. I was so happy to be there, so psyched to be making something, and so stunned that words on a page had turned into this. Truth be told, it got a little dusty in the room, if you know what I mean.
0: Car by car, more kids and parents showed up, completely dispelling my fear of a shallow turnout. I introduced myself to everyone and tried to be good with the kids, while Nina carefully collected the talent releases from the parents. She also wasted no time in putting up all the birthday decorations across the yard. In no false sense, we were throwing a children's birthday party. Jeff and Bonica soon arrived, and Jeff marveled at how he had written Children's Birthday Party and was now looking at one. He and Mike Brunetto embraced for the first time in over 10 years and seemed to hit it off like no time had passed. When I felt confident that enough folks had shown up and we should begin shooting, it was about 10.30 a.m., and many parents expressed that they had to leave by noon, I made a public announcement, introducing myself and each of the cast and crew, as well as our intention to be done in an hour and a half. The kids immediately began running around like maniacs, as though they were at a children's birthday party. We needed some footage of them doing just that, so we didn't interfere, and instead tried to capture it. The sun was beating down somewhat hard, making big sun highlights and large shady spots, which wasn't ideal. So we all got a little cranky and hot, especially Kyle. Since we were just grabbing pickups of kids running around and being themselves, we failed to clap in most of the shots, and John grumpily reminded me that if we're not clapping, it's going to be difficult to sync the shots later. I knew he was right, but clapping distracted the kids and made them aware of the camera. So he simply rolled audio and I suffered through it in post-production. Some of the kids were total screen queens, craving attention from either our camera or Bonica's. Those kids were easy to ask things from, like to harass John Ryan or to yell and scream for ambient audio. Some kids seemed dragged there, as the parents hilariously reminded them to look happy, and some were just tiny and adorable. Mark was written to be grossly eating a hot dog and drinking a beer as the kids frolicked and played around him. As with all the food to be eaten on screen, the actor must nurse the food so that we're not constantly re-prepping it. John Ryan is very good at this, typically. The problem is, Nina handed him the hot dog, which signified to him that it was meant for eating and not for filming. He later told us, When Frankie hands me food, I know it's for the movie. When Nina hands me food, I figure it's for making me fed and comfortable. A fair assumption, but we had to grill up a few more hot dogs to stand by. During the B-roll shooting, actress Louisa Maria Badarocco showed up to play Mark's sister-in-law Jen. I discovered Louisa on NewEnglandActor.com. She was at a point in her career where she was uninterested in doing unpaid work, but the Sexually Frank trailer and the script turned her around. She auditioned for Carla, but her inherent sharpness made her more appropriate for Jen, a tough-loving family member who doesn't accept Mark's immature antics. She did a great job of playing a towny mom. Mark's rant was difficult because it required the kids to stand still as John Ryan delivered his lines. He also had some dialogue about Santa not being real that we just yanked out in fear. Charlie Tacker played Mark's nephew, who I later found out is a fairly successful and very well-known child actor in Boston. He didn't really want to talk to me, and he sat directly in the sun for his close-up. It was hard to convince him to keep his arm down throughout the scene as he tried to shield his eyes. As Nina predicted, the kids only had one thing on their minds. The cake. For the scene, Nina had to cut the cake into pieces that were all on plates. We placed John Ryan at the little table with the cake slices, and I personally thought it would be hilarious if he had visibly eaten a bunch of it, but the kids did not find the idea funny. We actually finished before noon, but it was still a trick to get the kids to hold on for cake that long. We did wrap them and considered the children's birthday party to be a big success. Charlie and John Ryan then had a brief scene in which Mark teaches his nephew how to play guitar. It's just for a few shots in an end montage, so we improvised it. Charlie wasn't giving the scene much energy, so it devolved into John Ryan genuinely asking Charlie what his musical taste was, and then backhandedly mocking his musical preference. It was wonderful. Finally, we shot the scene where Mark recruits his brother and sister-in-law to help him with his taxes. It's a funny and nice little scene, one of my favorites that Jeff came up with, and everyone knocked it out of the park. With nothing scheduled for the rest of the day, we all went to relax and enjoy a cookout. Everyone brought a little something, and we recorded the second podcast. Kyle returned to Boston with Bonica and Jeff. John Hunt, JR, Nina, and I grabbed a relaxing dinner later on at Not Your Average Joe's. At my place, we watched the final episode of Breaking Bad, which aired that night. We were all huge fans and pretty blown away by the awesomeness of the final season. It was both annoying and inspiring to watch the immaculate conclusion to something better than I could ever hope to make. Seven more exhausting days remained.